What's up? What's up? You know that song I was thinking of last week that I didn't sing because we got on the dancing tip? Yeah, we did. We did. Which worked, worked out. Uh, if you're gone, baby, it's time to come home. Do you know that, that song? Little bit of breathing room for uh, I st- Matchbox 20, you know? If you're gone. You never heard that no. song? Baby, it's time I mean, to come home. Oh, okay. Well, now that you're starting to sing it like people in the band sing it, then yeah. I can start to okay. understand it. Give me one more time. If you're gone, baby, it's time, baby, to, it's come time home. to come home. Yeah. I'm trying I'm to warble you. like he does, but I can't, of course. You know, it's, uh, well, Rob Thomas. that's Rob Thomas. That's my other nemesis. It's Rob Thomas and uh, what's his name? Michael McDonald. It's my two like nemesises in the world. I would fight both of those guys. Really? Even after Smooth featuring Rob Thomas? Yeah. I just, I don't know. I hated Matchbox 20 when it came out because I hated that that's what the alternative rock that I love turned into. I was like, oh man, this is going to keep going on forever. It's awesome. And then it's like, oh, we got Matchbox 20. Cool. So I like hated on principle back then, but I, I'm a little I'm a little more uh, softened to it now. Um, I don't I don't I mean those songs are catchy, you know whatever. But um, I did we Maybe saw it, it, what you don't have to you don't have to defend it to me. I don't know anybody that actually likes Matchbox Twenty. Uh, I know people of that era that still like them and liked them back then. They like Hootie and the Blowfish too. <laughs> There's this, like a circle. That's the the fans of that too. Those two is, a, is the Venn diagram is a circle. Yeah, um, but you know that there is a on the other side of that circle, like a, it is a Matchbox in the middle, and Hootie on the left. Yeah. And on the right is people that like Matchbox Twenty and Third Eye Blind. Yeah, unfortunately, Third Eye Blind kind of gets dumped into that category of that like soft alternative rock, but. Yeah, famously you love Third Eye Blind and I really like Third Eye Blind. So yep. like I, I I like I like that. That I think that, that uh what's the name what's the guy's the Steven Jenkins? Steven Jenkins has got you know, he's a good songwriter. I he's used to lyrics. claim that he was like the unheralded poet of the twenty first century. Oh, he's the great yeah. <laughs> you did. I mean I, I can't I'm not gonna argue with you. He's great. Love him. But fuck I got, I got in. Uh, yeah, I mean, fair enough. I'm with you. He looks like a the poor man's Chris O'Donnell. I will say that, like, what what's the greatest? What's the greatest concert you've ever been to where you hated the band? Like, what was the best concert you ever saw where you hate the band in general? Gosh, what a hell of a question! I I can't wait to hear what you have to say. I, Matchbox Twenty is my is my call. Because Jackie and I went to see Matchbox 20 with uh, Counting Crows. And yeah. th- they were awesome. They played for like five hours, but they were awesome. And the whole time I was like, I don't like these guys, but they sound great. Um, I don't I, I don't know that show. I've been to a concert of a band that I don't like. Really? <clears throat> no. What are we? No. I You guys dragged me to stuff occasionally that I didn't like. I was going to say, if you took out Matchbox 20, then probably for you is the two-night stand of widespread panic in Raleigh, <laughs> North Carolina. Oh, God. Didn't I skip out on one night of that, or did I go to both nights? Did you, did you only just I come think, to the I one? I think I was like, I, I can't do two. I'm sorry. 
You came in the night it rained. Uh, that was a great experience. Great. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. There's Man, a- I'll be honest with you. I've been listening to a lot of widespread panic lately. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I've been like, man, I, I don't know if I ever really gave these guys the shot that they deserved. <laughs> oh, God. I did when I stood in the rain for five hours, 10 hours to listen to them. <laughs> 10 hours. I had two and a half hours. That show, every song, I was like, at, 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 anytime one of those 30 minute songs ended, I would just be like, oh, God. Oh, thank you. Maybe this is it. Maybe that's the end. No, nope, nope, here we go again. Oh, fuck. Oh, that man. guy's singing voice is like, it's like raspy and whiny at the same time. <laughs> The only widespread panic song I like is the one that the real fans don't like. <laughs> can't what, get high. No. I can't get high. I'm sober every night. I don't even you know. You don't know that. that song? That was like their only song that was ever on the radio. It was written by another band. It's like a cover of a, another band's uh, song. I Blood think about that climb to safety song. Climb to safety. <laughs> I'm trying to. Trying to think of them at all. Um, no, that, that Rob Thomas show was good though. That Matchbox Twenty show. He brought his son out and his son played guitar for a while. And stuff and like. Did his know. son play Santana's version of Smooth? No, no, no. I can't remember how they handled that, but I am in a Facebook group called Smooth featuring Rob Thomas or whatever. It's the whole title of the song, and it's just people talking I think about it's... that song. <laughs> they, Do they still talk about they it? They still. It's every once in a while somebody pops in there and is like, "Hey, what about this?" I think it is smooth featuring Rob Thomas of Matchbox Twenty. Yeah, Santana smooth featuring Rob Thomas of Matchbox Twenty. Yeah, I believe that's the the full thing. I'm pulling it up. Speaking of uh, Third Eye Blind, though, <laughs> I saw them a couple years ago. Jackie and I went. Yeah. God, I want to say it was her birthday or something. We went. Um, yeah, we saw it in a little venue here that's not around anymore. And they were really good. They oversold the venue, so it was just like a hot, awful like experience standing there with that many people. But the show was really good. But <laughs> this girl behind me was killing me because she was screaming non-ironically, I love you, Rob Thomas, the whole show. <laughs> I love you, Rob Thomas. <laughs> Shouting it at Third Eye Blind. Shouting it at Stephen Jenkins the whole time. God, how many times do you think he's gotten that? Because it's definitely been more than oh, more like than a 15. lot. Yeah. It's and Stephen Jenkins seems like he has a shorter fuse than probably Rob Thomas does. So for sure. Yeah. Stephen Jenkins walks around mad. Mm-hmm. Stephen Jenkins is the late nineties alternative version of Glenn Danzig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he really is. Just angry brooding. He had on like a the biggest sweater I've ever seen in my life. That's what he was wearing. Was like this giant sweater. It was like a novelty sized sweater. He's he got that summer flu. You know about that summer flu? Nah. What's the summer flu? That, that's code for people detoxing off of opiates in the middle of the summer. Like, oh man, I just got the flu. You know? Uh, like, gotcha. Oh, you got that, yeah, that summer, summer flu? flu? He had that. I mean, <clears throat> man, bro, listen to that that one song. And then I bumped again, and then I bumped again. <laughs> I was just talking about that song, just like yesterday. Man, when, my first year of college, we, you know, I was in this like friend group of people, and there's this one girl that's like real annoying. 
And she happened to be incredibly religious. Now, those two things are not causational. She just happened to be annoying. She happened to be religious, but I'm willing, I was to, I'm willing to make the connection, but yeah, that's fine. Well, you can make it. Yeah. I was of the age where I thought that I, I, I was a little bit more antagonistic toward religious people than I am now. Yeah, you were edgy back then. Yeah, I was super edge. Yeah, and uh edge lord. I uh <laughs> we were in some dorm room and like music was playing and she and she always had to insert herself in conversation and half the time she talked about shit she had no idea about. And that song came on and she was like, Oh my god, I love this song. And I stood up and I yelled at her. I was like, Do you know what this fucking song's about? And I started singing all the words right into her face, just <laughs> gridlocked right into her face, just talking about crystal math. Yeah. It's like you just like it because it's poppy. Like, I, as if that's a problem. You know what I mean? Like, that was the Yeah, song but it was to you back famous. then. It was a problem to you back then. Um, it, it, it was like that, a real life version of that meme where it's the guy standing at the party in the corner and he's like, nobody knows this song is about drugs. <laughs> it, it was also a real life version about that meme of that girl looking disinterested in the club and that dude's <laughs> yeah, just leaning guy's Just yelling at <laughs> You know, this song is about drugs, right? You know this song about Crystal Beth. <laughs> I'm a real fan. Stephen Jenkins, a modern day poet. He's a, he's a poet. He's the greatest poet since Ginsburg. God. I used to be. The question is whether or not I still am, but I definitely used to be a cunt. You were that guy, but that <laughs> dropped off a little bit as you as I started to wear off on you. You know my positive ways. Yeah, you really yeah. rounded out my edges. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> you just Set saw it. You were like, oh, that's what I'm actually like. I'm not going to be that way anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I looked at you and I said, oh, if I stay on this track now, I'm going to wind up like him. No, that kid that I hung out with on Friday night, yeah. kid for the, that we watched Mortal Kombat, which I'm sure we're going to get into. Oh, yeah. He was like, yeah, yeah. You know, if you don't know that it's you on that podcast, then it can be funny. Yeah. Yeah, you, you brought that up last week, I think. That uh, well, he, he, he said it again. Yeah he, yeah, he drilled that one. All right, well, we see why he doesn't have a award-winning podcast. So. <laughs> I mean, we don't have one either, but... <clears throat> well, we, we were, we're award-worthy. We just don't, we don't stoop to that. Give awards. You got any uh, number one fans this week? No, that uh, guy. No, nah. nah, fuck them kids. All man. right, fuck them kids. You got any? No, no. Well, see, I thought about since we didn't have anybody this week, maybe having it be Mikey, but I decided, <clears> nah, probably not. Probably just yeah. Wanna, you did. You didn't even think about grizzles either. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I, I rarely think <laughs> about grizzles if I can help it. Did he have a stroke? Did grizzles have a stroke? No, I'm oh. quoting Julie Cooper <laughs> yeah, about Julie Caleb. Cooper. <laughs> oh my God, did he have a stroke? <clears throat> what was that? Uh, you you got a text from Josh this week from Grizzles. Did you yeah. did you need to read that out or? Oh sure, I'll read that out. <clears throat> I think it was relevant to. The... Yeah, he uh, relevant to last week. I got a text. <clears throat> Mother. Was the first music video I saw on MTV. I went to my uncle's house to go hunting. I wonder what Josh was hunting. What do you think he was hunting? 
Uh, stars or something, isn't that what he does? <laughs> Planets. <laughs> Maybe a comet or two. <laughs> Went to my uncle's house to go hunting, and he had that extra cable tier with MTV parenthetical not only did we not have that my dad was on local news as a man on the street saying how he didn't think the simpsons should be on broadcast <laughs> oh god oh carry on As soon as this dude left for work, I turned on MTV knowing I'd been missing something huge. Mind blown. That belt buckle, the mesh shirt. The song fucks always, but comes with a big nostalgia hit for me. Yeah. Great text. Yeah, man. Yeah, Danzig had that giant belt buckle, the demon head belt buckle that was like on his album covers and stuff. And, you know, some kind of mesh shirt, as, as Danzig do, you know. I, uh, I got a text from Bill, and this isn't really as much. I got a text from Bill. If you go to Staples mm-hmm. with your vaccination card, uh-huh. they, will, they will laminate it for free. Oh, nice. Go get so, it. So, you know, shout out to Bill looking out for the kids. Just wear it around my neck all the time. I got yeah, to get that. it filled out the second time, though, before I get it laminated. They'll be pissed off if I show up with the card laminated, <laughs> and I haven't gotten the second the second one written down there yeah <laughs> what the fuck is this yeah you just use a sharpie that wanted to get messed up <clears throat> yeah so uh yeah let's well i mean i'm i'm not at the desk so i can't i can't say welcome i mean what's up Where oh, are you going? Uh, hello and welcome to episode 168 of i only like their old stuff the podcast where we answer the question what's the hype i'm jo and with me is groove uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> he sent me that meme today. It's a home improvement memes are a big thing between us. So he sent me a picture of of the mom from Home Improvement making grunt noises. It just says female grunting noises. <laughs> I thought she, uh-huh. I, I think she's one of the hotter sitcom moms. In history. Okay, I didn't know we were jumping into 1990s era morning I mean, shock jock topics. I'm just saying, it's like, the hottest 90s sitcom hey man, mom. What do you think about the mom from Home Improvement? I always thought I was, yes. like, I was, I was always like, man, she's kind of hot for a mom. It's a hot mom. <laughs> keep digging, keep digging. You know, what is this? Is my finally gonna get canceled for liking the mom from? <laughs> From she, she, she kind of hot. I mean, she's a great mom. actress too. Okay, so does that? <laughs> yeah, her arc on season seven of The West Wing is just killer. <laughs> yeah, she is in that. She's randomly in other things. I forget what her name is. <clears throat> I keep wanting to say that her first name is Patricia, but I don't. I don't think I'm right. That's the mom from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond, isn't it? Patricia. <laughs> I don't- Patricia Arquette, <laughs> or is that the, the the mom from Malcolm in the Middle? I can't remember. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. You know what I'm saying? I'm know. sorry, everybody. I apologize for saying that. Patricia Richardson. Track. Okay, you got it right. See, bigger oh, fan than me. Oh, Russ. Bigger fan than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<gasps> I mean, <laughs> show. oh shit, rest in peace, DMX. Oh man, too soon. Hey, I, I love I love DMX, and I'm sad that he died. But there ain't no way that dude did everything that people are saying he did. They're like, every day I see a story that's like, yeah, DMX climbed a tree in front of me and rescued a, a bunch of kittens. The tree was also on fire, and then he put the tree out, and then he, he he took care of the tree the rest of his life. He would go visit the tree once a year. He never told anybody that, but told me. You, you, know, who, you know who that is, and the stories are true? Who? T.I. <laughs> yeah, T.I. does do a lot of that sort of... Because T.I.'s stories actually make it to the news and stuff. They're like, yeah, T.I. talked yeah. another guy down off a bridge. He was about to jump. Yeah. I would... Shit, man. I would I would really enjoy meeting T.I. Yeah. yeah. I, I think T.I.'s would be a really good hang. Yeah, I think so, too. I would make him make that face from the meme where he goes... <laughs> Like, hey man, do that. Do the face. What's the best Ti song? I've got one. Yarn. You can have whatever you'd like. That's my oh, favorite. God. One, man. I love that. That whole album is great. Nah. Paper Chase album. I think it's um, <clears throat> Rubber Band Man. I mean, that kind of put them on the scene, and it's yeah. got that dated ass verse that says "Wild as the Taliban." <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yikes. <laughs> it's kind of wild, some old... Because hip-hop is such a time capsule of like what's happening in the moment. And so it's like, it it, it reflects often... I, th- I think the best hip-hop is that way. It reflects things that are happening, and there's so many references. And you have stuff like... There's a lot of Nelly songs that talk about Donald Trump in a very favorable light. <laughs> there's like a lot. More than one Nelly song, I'm just saying. There's, like, a, there's a lot of rap songs that talk about Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. You know, yeah. Nelly's Nelly probably number one fan, but... you know, <laughs> Some of those shit. references did not age that well, so... It's like, well, neither did the Band-Aid, so... Yeah, there you go. True. <laughs> yeah, that country grammar... I think country grammar is underrated. I think we've talked about this enough on the show, probably. But um, we've talked. But about I think that... I, I think T.I. is underrated. That King album is really good, but trap music is just... I mean, he kind of... I mean, a lot of people can say he kind of started it at all when it comes to trap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he definitely, he definitely yeah. took trap to a uh, much more popular kind of like consciousness outside of just Atlanta. Yeah. Also, Everybody else built on that. Also, he was in that great movie, the ATL. Hell yeah. He's in that movie, isn't he? He's the, the yeah, roller skating, roller skating movie. Baby. Yeah. That movie's great. All right. Well, this is, this concludes TI talk. talk. Isn't he the like <laughs> cautionary tale? Like the good, the good gangster in that. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I think he was like the good, he's trying to do the right thing. And he's like, his, his nephews are looking up to him or something. And, but they keep pulling him back in. They keep pulling him back. Every time I think I get out, they pull me back in. What's uh? what episode? What? What episode number is this? 168. I said it already. Did you say it? I said, welcome to episode 168. I've only liked their old stuff. You did. I did say I, that. I guess I just blanked. You're not paying attention I'm to me. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. That's all right. You're embarrassed. What's um, your height? I mean, I've already admitted, we've already admitted the fact that I, you know, 
at one point called out some young lady, this poor thing, about not liking a crystal meth song the right way. Not crystal method, but yeah. Um, and you you dared say that I was being disgusting for saying that the mom from Home Improvement was attractive. So uh, you said yeah. Patricia had nice tits. I did not said. say that. I did not say that. Oh, they're gonna you edit did. this out of context and put it. Rewind the tape. <laughs> um. <laughs> oddly fitting for that <laughs> Steve Allen Tim Allen made a whole career out of just making noises not even like I, not even like uh, so, I mean you could say that for the guy from Police Academy that he made a whole career out of making noises but that required talent you know it requires talent to sound like a like a police siren <laughs> as a human being but Tim Allen just literally just like made just guttural noises just that whole show is about him being an idiot <laughs> yeah, just a toxic toxic that, that whole show is toxic masculinity of the show that that <laughs> motherfucker had a tv show on the tv show yeah it's like that's the story of fucking cis white male privilege right <laughs> yeah. there let's yeah, give it's... this fucking loser a tv show yeah. and he's bad at the tv show that's the whole the whole conceit of the show is that he's terrible at doing the tv show He's actually not good at anything. No, and the guy that is good at the, the everything, they're like, that guy's so stupid. We hate that guy. <laughs> that his, you know, his buddy, that his co-host, Al Borland. Yeah, Al's like good at everything. You know. Yeah, he was. He was great. He was, he was like, oh, look how kind. look how lame Al Borland is being good at stuff. Al didn't have a hot wife like Tim. You know what I'm saying? I guess not. <laughs> I don't know how it ended. He might have wound up with with somebody. I don't know. I didn't watch the finale. Maybe. I don't think. You didn't watch the finale. You didn't watch I JT. Might I might have. Didn't JT leave the show and then come back for the finale? Was it JT? I think it's JTT. JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. JTT with that yeah. center cut. That butt cut, yeah. That, that yeah, center part. Yeah. What's up? I'm ready to get in this show. Let's go. Let's do it. Are you, is your height the same as my height? Probably not. I'm anxious. <laughs> Probably not. Holy shit. Are we about to disagree? Yeah, I think so. Oh, wonderful. What is your hype? Fuck the Mortal Kombat, man. Ooh, that's my not the hype. <laughs> that is my not the hype. Big time. Well, let's let's have it out. Let's Are have it out. It was pro- I was so excited. Yeah, let's do it now. It's my hype. Right. Is your not the yeah. hype? I, I, you know, I mean, I got it, not the hype, but, you know, we can get into your hype. And just get we'll just it. I mean, we just go, go, what's your, what, give me the rundown on your Mortal Kombat. All right. Number one, number one, I got to watch Mortal Kombat with my buddy James, and it turns out he has a PhD in Mortal Kombat. I would say that I probably do as well. Okay. Well, uh, I thought there was a fair amount of fan service in the movie. I thought that they didn't waste time trying to make it good for people that aren't really going to care about that anyway. I thought that all the little nods were great and enjoyable. I thought Kano was well-executed comedic timing and kept it light enough throughout. I don't need a lot of complex storytelling. I, I was a mildly, ever so mildly, let down just just a little bit by the fight choreography but there was enough fights going on that i was satisfied throughout we didn't spend more than 10 minutes in any kind of scene without 
without the fighting. I thought the avatar for the audience, this new character, I thought it was worth. Uh, it was it was a good way to try and uh, reboot this uh, IP for a wider audience because it's going to get more people watching it rather than the older movie, which was like fans only B movie. Um, it was fun, man. Like, why are you? Why? Why would it not be the hype? It was fun to sit on a couch and get to go back to this universe and enjoy watching Mortal Kombat fight scenes and little like, oh, they're back on the bridge. We've been here before. And like, yeah, I didn't think Goro was that well executed, but it was hype to watch Goro fight. And hmm. I, I now I'm upset that it's not your hype. Like, whoa, come on, flawless victory. Talk, talk to me about oh. it. What's the, what was oh. not the hype? Oh, are you just gonna be contrarian now? No, I've I had this whole thing. I've just I've been working on this for two days now. Just like all right, tell look, me about it. You're going You might change my mind. My argument my is this movie is not good enough nor bad enough. Like oh, it, like I wanted it to be like worse than it is because I feel like that's the shame of it. I feel like this movie is ultimately forgettable. Like the mm. original '90s one is is bad, mm. but it's fun in a way that makes it. It's good, bad, you know. Like even Jackie has seen yeah. it. My wife has seen it. She's not. She doesn't know anything about more combat. She's like, oh, the original one was like a lot more fun than this. Like, yeah. you know, it's like it is not. It, it didn't. It like tried to go too serious at times, and then it was funny, and then it was this and that. I do agree that Kana was great, but like there were so many things I was like, why did you choose to do this? Let me ask you this question. Let Let me interrupt you. Oh, yeah, go ahead. And and immediately say you're right. It was not as bad as it could should have been, nor as good as it should have been to hit either one of those. It was right down the middle where it tried to balance both and it didn't achieve either. So I'll give you that and okay. continue. Okay. See, I see. I think we're more in in line than you think we are. I'm not just shitting on it to shit on it. I wanted to. Yeah. This is the first time I've looked forward to a movie in like a year. Like I was just like, yep. you know. And then the first ten minutes of the movie, I was like, I don't know why everybody's saying this is bad because this is awesome. Like the first ten minutes with like this throwback. This spoiler alerts, by the way. We're we're getting spoilers yeah. in this. You should know that by now. Turn the episode off. Look, and if watch you, it. If you ain't fucking watched it yet, what are you waiting on? You either got the ability to watch it or you yeah, don't. Or you don't. Yeah. You, well, some people might not have time to watch it yet, but um, anyway. Well, I think actually, I think Bill's waiting to go to the movies. Okay. I'm gonna go see it in the movie theater with him. Okay, go do it. Um, Hell yeah! I'm I won't be there. Um, the <laughs> the first ten minutes where they do the like the backstory of like Sub Zero and Scorpion is kind of awesome because it's like this period piece thing. I wanted to see that movie. I was like, by the yeah. end of that, I was like, oh, I want to see where that goes. <clears throat> and then, well, let me ask you this question: If I mm -hmm. had to say, what is Mortal Kombat about? Not this movie, not just Mortal Kombat in general is about what? It's about the tournament. Okay. So, the the people that made this movie were like, you know what Mortal Kombat needs? To not have a fucking tournament in it. The whole movie that is... Was, it's a tournament. Yo. It's about a tournament. Okay? Mortal Kombat, the whole fucking thing is about a tournament. Alright? This movie... Uh, spoiler alert. This movie does not have a tournament in it. <laughs> it's like they ran out of money and they were like, oh shit, we were supposed to have a tournament. Well, fuck! Just have them go fight out behind of a meatpacking plant. That'll be. We'll say that the. We'll say that the tournament was the friends we made along the way. That's what we'll say. They'll ble They'll eat it up. They don't care. Just put another fatality in. It'll be all right. They'll forget all about the fact that there's no. There's no tournament in this movie. And they kind of half-ass like, 
well, the tournament is actually the fights we were. It literally was like the it, it's the friends we made along the way. Yeah, the tournament is the fights we had along yeah, the way. Along the way, that's exactly what they did, and I was just like, oh, that just disqualified it for me right there. Where I was just, there's no fucking tournament. This whole time I've been like, oh man, I can't wait to see the tournament. I want to see the the minions up on the sides, and, and yeah. I know they're gonna be bad because the effects are pretty bad in this movie. But like, I wanted to see that shit, and they were like, nope. It's like. It's like postmodernism in pop culture strikes again. It's like Star Wars, anything. It's like, oh, here's this thing that you like, but you shouldn't like it for the things you like it for. <clears throat> I also like, okay, so you have this wonderful cast of characters in Mortal Kombat. There's like 200 characters in Mortal Kombat and probably like 40 of them that are kind of awesome and people would know. So they were like, you know what people really want? Somebody brand new. <laughs> they really want a new character that's a suburban dad. We want a suburban dad. I've expected him to pan down and he have on white new balances. All right. I'm pretty sure in the scene where Goro shows up, he was grilling, you know, and then Goro <laughs> shows up. He's like, oh, shit. Good thing I got done mowing the lawn. Now I can fight Goro. It's about a dad that's bad at fighting. And the whole movie, you're like, oh, this guy's going to get really badass at fighting. Nope, he doesn't. He doesn't get any different at fighting. He doesn't get better. There's no growth. There's no nothing. Here's what happens. Goro, okay, bad CGI Hulk shows up. They just took the CGI from the Ang Lee Hulk and added some arms to it. And they're like, all right, done. Goro. Goro. Goro's in this movie. Uh, you might ask yourself, oh, is he the final boss? Is he the last guy they got to fight? Nope, he just shows up at this dude's house in, like, bullshit Illinois or something. And he's like, I'm going to fight you so that I can turn on your spark or whatever the fuck it is. Arcana or whatever that kind of, sh whatever that fucking bullshit was. It's like, okay, everybody's got to have a panic attack in this movie. And when they have the panic attack, it turns on their powers, okay? That's the, that's, that's the whole plot of the movie is that, yeah, you, once you have your panic attack, your powers will be turned on too. So he goes to fight Goro, and oh, I can't wait to see what his power is. Oh, this guy is, uh, oh, we've been led to believe that this guy is going to turn into Scorpion. Oh, this is the scene where he's going to turn into Scorpion. What? Golden sweatshirt? What? He, he gets a magic golden sweatshirt. And two of those stick things that uh, the guy that used to come to do Kung Fu lessons at our camp would say was these are tools for use for pulling in nets. I don't know what the things are called, but them things for pulling in nets. That's a separate topic we can get onto another day. The bullshit lies that the the fucking karate instructor at camp told us. Major Perry. I didn't want to say his name because I want his legion of fans to come fucking shit on us. But anyway, yeah, these were used. They had to hide these tools that size were used to poke holes in the ground to plant seeds. No, they weren't. They were for stabbing people, motherfucker. <laughs> they were hiding them from the from the overworld. The Okinawans couldn't have weapons, so they had to have farming tools. They had to have farming tools. Well, whoever was in, like oppressing the Okinawans must have been real fucking dumb then because it's not a knife, it's a shovel. <laughs> anyway, we digress to the point where nobody understands what I'm talking about. Anyway, his magic underwear comes on, and then he's like, beats Goro somehow. And then at the end of the movie, we're like, okay, he's got the magic underwear, his magic sweatshirt or whatever. He's going to fight Sub-Zero, and this is going to be. And they're like, nope, here comes Scorpion. You go you go punch this piece of ice that has your, your wife in it. Wow, that's exciting. There's like 10 minutes of this dude punching this ice. He's just punching the ice. Just punching the ice with his magic sweatshirt on. 
while the cool fight is going on behind him. I'm like, quit cutting away to the guy fighting the ice. We came here to see Scorpion. I want to know, like, at some point in time, Sub-Zero learned English, which is good for him for expanding his boundaries, but he was like, I'm Sub-Zero now. Like, why? 400 400 years after... I'm not Bihan anymore. I'm Sub-Zero. It's like, bro, it's been 400 years. You didn't come up with that like 50 years ago? Number one, you can't give yourself a nickname. That doesn't work like that, all right? So he's up here giving himself a nickname. Oh, my God. And they're just... He's he's fought fought in nine tournaments. Yeah, he's fought in nine tournaments. Now he's like, oh, you got to call me Hollywood now. I ain't calling you Hollywood. Sit down. He and why was Sub Zero mad the whole movie? They never even said why he was mad. He no, just that's was mad. the reason I, I agree with you that I wanted to watch that first movie because I wanted to know how come he had such beef with uh with us who became Scorpion. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I, I, well, I know that. I mean, there's like this. They're from rival clans, but they don't do anything to set that up. They just like now nah, Scorpion woke up and chose violence. I mean, uh, Sub Zero woke up and chose violence for a thousand years. Like, there's yeah. like, why is he freezing women and children out here? What's going on? Why is he doing that? Also, did you think when you saw that scene at the beginning with the wife and child frozen, like, I was like, I just thought of the abyss. I was like, what? They may not be dead yeah, yet. Yeah, I was like, try to just revive them. Yeah, they went too deep. Um, Man. What, also, like, Sub-Zero just stabs old boy. Sub-Zero is pretty bad at killing people. He just stabs old yeah. boy in the shoulder. In the beginning, I was well, like, I was like, was Scorpion even hurt? Why did he die I, you from know, that? I said, I said to my boy James, I said, well, if it was me, I wouldn't walk away with the knife in the shoulder. And James goes, well, that just shows Sub Zero's arrogance. And like that was that hit home with me. I was like, oh, true, he is kind of arrogant. I guess so, but man, that makes you bad at your job. You're supposed to be out here killing people, and yeah, he, he like lets Jax live. You know, just pulls his arms off. Whew, there's so much to talk about. We didn't even got to Jax yet. Jax has this like it, it, disturbing scene with Jax having these little tiny T-Rex arms. <laughs> so we, have, we know Jax the character. He gets bionic arms or whatever. So they put these mystical mechanical chicken arms on him. Little tiny chicken wing arms. And it's just like, I'm like, please cut away from him. I don't want to see him like this. <laughs> this is disturbing me. This bothers me. And then later when he has his panic attack, he turns into, you know, he gets... To, <laughs> He bulks up, you know, into the the metal arm way that we get it. But, like, that's the other thing that bothers me is, like, they have this magical explanation for all this shit. But, like, there's a real-world explanation for this stuff. Jax gets his arms ripped off, and somebody creates bionic arms for him. They do the same thing with Kano. Kano is supposed to have... Kano's, like, a take on, like, a Terminator character. He's got a metal implant in his head, and it's because he's had some horrible... He was horribly disfigured, and they put him back together with bionic parts. Well, in this movie, they're just like, oh, I had a laser eye all the time. My special power is I have one laser eye, and it's and it's a biological thing. It's like, why didn't you just have him get it? He had his face fucked up by Reptile, who was in the movie for two seconds. Why didn't they just have him get his eye poked out by the Reptile? Like, was, was that what would have put him over the top for the NC-17 rating or whatever? Like, why not just, <laughs> why not just rip half his head off, and then he has to go and get, his, get, get these bionic implants put in? You know? But no. There's that, and then there's like a bunch of people who are like, well, number one, like Liu Kang's supposed to be a bigger part of this this story than he is. Like Liu Kang is like the hero of Mortal Kombat. Time, you know? time out, time out. What? For those of you listening, I need you all to know that 
Joey has not once referenced any notes. He's this is all off the top. This is off the cuff. I'm just I've been I've been spe- I've been saying this in the mirror for two days straight now, just to myself. <laughs> not even to practice, just to be like I can't believe this shit happened like this. <laughs> Everybody in the movie is like good value version of the Mortal Kombat characters. Shang Tsung's wig was terrible. <laughs> that wig was th- they did, the guy who played Shang Tsung in the original movie. You, you mean to tell me he wasn't available? We couldn't just get him back. <laughs> you know, it's not like he needed to be young or anything. Shang Tsung no. has the worst wig in a in a movie I've ever <clears throat> seen. I think it's this big beehive hairdo thing that I just can't take him seriously. He's talking to Sub Zero. You know, I'm like, why would Sub Zero work for this dude? Terrible. And then everybody's like like a shitty version of the characters. Like it's, it's just like, Oh, there's this, what, you know, shitty version of Liu Kang, like skinny, shitty version of Liu Kang. And Kung Lao was pretty cool. Um, I, I thought, like Liu Kang though. I liked his performance. I thought the guy was pretty yeah. good as it, but, um, the, and the, the fatalities were good and gruesome. That was cool. Like cutting them guy and the cutting the, what? well, no, Who is this fucking go. gargoyle woman that is in the movie? That's the one thing that, like, I your friend probably knows who that is. I don't know. It's probably from yeah. some shitty side yeah. story game or later game or something like that. Yeah, she was in like yeah. she's in like two games. They were like, now nah, let's not let's not put Baraka in this. Let's put uh, shitty gargoyle girl that nobody likes and uh, the, uh, that dude with a hammer that's in the, like the Game Boy version of the game. Let's put him in there too. Everybody wants to see him. Remember that guy. Dude with a hammer? It's just a dude with a hammer. We don't know anything about him. Doesn't matter. Anything like that. And I like. And then I, I turned to Jackie at one point. And I was like, you know what? I've I've been been playing Mortal Kombat since it came out in like '93 or whatever, '91, whenever it came out. And now I get to live my lifelong dream of dream of seeing Liu Kang fight Cabal. What? Why was that the big? Why was that Liu Kang's big fight was against Cabal? One of the shittier characters in Mortal Kombat. Why? Why? It's like I, it's uh, Luke Kang gets to fight fucking Mortal Kombat's version of Deadpool. Great, with this fucking horrible New Jersey accent. That's just like, like why? Why did you choose to do this with this character? I don't know. <clears throat> it's like they're like, oh, we have all these forces from Outworld that are gonna come fight here, and it's like fucking dude with a shitty trash can on his head is like one of their people, you know. I don't know. We can argue about Cabal as a character in general, but I just like the whole thing was just a fucking mess to me. And like the, it was like you, Kung Lao kills somebody's like flawless victory. You don't get to say that about yourself. Somebody else is supposed to say that. <laughs> why you couldn't have Liu Kang be like that was a flawless victory? Like why do we have to like jam the? I mean, I understand there was fan service in it, and there were little things like the sweep kick thing was really funny. There's a yep. scene where he sweep kicks, and that's and I told Jackie I was like, that's the shitty move that people would do, just get you in the corner and sweep kick you with with Liu Kang. I used to do it. They did the turkey kick, <laughs> all this stuff. Like so, there were these great little fan moments. It was weird because like people said, oh, it was fan service the movie. Well, it wasn't really. It was like it was like all this fan service, but then the the main part of the movie was like, we got to make this movie for regular people. And it's like, well, you should have chose one way or the other to go with it. I think mm-hmm. instead of like trying to try to ride the fence on it, I guess. Oh, well, look, I got to tell you, you, I, this is not often, 
where we disagree and then I let you talk and you completely 100% changed my mind. Okay, good. Glad. I'm glad. I like to, I like to make people that Jackie was like, man, you just ruined movies. I was like, that's why I went to film school. That's what I learned in film school is how to ruin movies for everybody. It's true. But I mean, I, I, you see my points, right? You do see my points, right? I I can't say you're wrong. The frustrating thing is that there was potential for this to be like truly awesome. Either awesomely bad and just chewing up the scenery or actually I think a decent movie. I mean this this whole universe is ridiculous, but it has enough lore behind it that you can do something cool with it, you know. I was telling some my boy Matt on the phone the other day, uh yesterday when he called me about it and Mortal Kombat 9, which is the one that they kind of rebooted everything and made it made Mortal Kombat good again, the game. They had a story mode on that, and the story mode was absolutely fucking ridiculous. It was just, they made it as ridiculous as possible because they were like, you know, story game, story modes in video games, fighting games are just ridiculous anyway. That would have been a much better plot than what we got out of this movie. Well, I, I, I'm going to say two more things. Number one, I think the, the strongest point is Goro because when we're on Outworld, there's that huge statue of him, yeah. you know, and then general goro yeah. and he is really i mean honestly i've been playing video games most of my life and I, I granted i get more scared of things than most people do especially in video games like i get scared of video games a yeah. lot and i was always really scared of goro like i would have nightmares about goro yeah. i was i was scared of him and you know i felt like they did a really good job of you know, like in Jaws, you don't see the shark. Yeah. Right. So later yeah. on, and yeah. it was like, uh, he was, it was keeping him hidden. Mm -hmm. And then his fight was so underwhelming. It was so, like, he really should have just been able to kill Suburban Dad so much yeah. quicker. And I thought, I thought that his, his magic underwear, Suburban Dad's magic underwear, was really going to be about how he doesn't have defense in right. a fight because at the beginning of the movie like right. oh you're gonna they make a point defend it all yeah and then like he was getting powered up from getting hit but then the power up didn't seem to last after he got his little sticks yeah it didn't there was no payoff to any of that that's like usually you have like i understand that's the trope it's like the it's the downtrodden fighter that's just not good enough and then like he he goes and trains with the master and they break him and then he, but there wasn't any really, I mean, they had some scenes of them all kind of fighting each other and beating each other up, but they didn't have some scene where he like got it, you know? And I guess the yeah. scene was supposed to be, Oh, he goes and fights Goro. But like this dude would have just gotten squished by Goro. Like he had no, he, there's no way that like, I mean, or Goro is just like a huge fake. Cause like we're made to think these, this big horrible thing, you know? And Goro yeah. is the thing you remember from those early games because, like, he's the monster. Like, Shang Tsung just looks like a dude, you know? But Goro yeah. is a monster. He's, like, an actual monster, and they have to fight this thing. And, like, the yeah. fact that he fights them by himself, it's not at a tournament or in front of other people, or they don't, as a team, have to fight him. It just seemed, like, really lazy, and I guess it was a way to save money for, like, they go to the, like, they go to the Abyss or whatever, and then... Magic Underwear guys just got suddenly got a plan where he's like, all right, you're going to go fight this person. You're going to go fight this person. You're going to go fight this person. And it was like, okay, well, you just cheaped out so you didn't have to have a tournament and just do individual fight scenes with these people, and then we call it a day and go home. And it just seemed like a yeah. waste. Like, come on. <clears throat> I did at the end. I was like, wait a second. We, when Shang Tsung shows back up, 
yeah. after Raiden's shield goes down, I'm like, man, really? Because he's like, oh, yeah. now we're going to kill y'all. And I'm like, man, I'm trying to get this tournament on, man. Yeah, when's like, the tournament happen? Tournament. I'm like looking at, like my boy Matt said, he was like looking at the time and stuff. He's like, when is the tournament going to happen? There's only like five minutes left in this movie. Yeah, we'll take the tournament to them. It's like, well, that's not really what I wanted, though. That's just a cop-out, um, you know? It's like a cop-out, and it's, it was it was... It hadn't been done for budgetary reasons, I guess. I mean, it feels like they were or, like, no one's going to care. It's Mortal Kombat. Let's just fucking just shovel shit towards them, you know? I think it is. The fans want their fights, and the new fans want a story. And yeah. they gave half and half. And the people that I know ah. that like like action movies and stuff were like, I thought the action was awesome in it. And I'm like, yeah, some of the action was cool, but it was like, it could have been in any movie. Didn't really matter that it was Mortal Kombat. And. That's not really what I was here for. I wasn't here just for the action. I wanted the like the ambiance of the tournament and stuff, you know? Like Yeah, for sure. I I'm gonna I wanna I wanna say the second thing. Yeah. It the very end of the movie. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not about what's in Hollywood, it's about who's in Hollywood. Yeah. We pan to the poster mm-hmm. of Johnny uh Johnny Cage. And I had a conversation with James afterwards about who should be cast in the sequel as Johnny Cage. Yeah. You, who do you think should be? I don't you know. Johnny Cage's model Cage. on uh, Tom Cruise, apparently, originally. But, yeah, he is, yep. But I don't know who. I mean, Tom Cruise is too old to play that role, I think. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who you would get. Well, I I said James Franco. Because I yeah. I think that uh, I think that you need a like everybody in this movie is a B list celebrity. Yeah, right? they're not even right. B list. So you need like a star I think, to be the. I think star. it'd be funny to have an actual yeah. star yeah. in the movie, and I think James Franco is funny enough. He's pretty enough, and you could get him on that Tom Cruise HGH cycle and get him beefed <laughs> yeah, up. Get him beefed up. Yeah. Um, and uh, of course, James disagreed with me. He said it's okay for you to be wrong sometimes. <laughs> so we were back. Bat around ideas, and he came up with uh, Zach Efron. Yeah, because he's kind of swole now. Yeah, he got yeah, swole up. He did. Yeah, I I wouldn't hate that. I mean, I I don't I don't know that I care at all anymore. The way they've got it set up, I I don't you feel like that this Cole character, this everyman character, should have been Johnny Cage? Like, don't you think there was an original version of the draft where they're like, it's going to be Johnny Cage, and he doesn't have a family. He's like a I, it seems like the conceit is like, I don't know, I can't remember his plot line from the first movie, but it seems like you have Johnny Cage, he's the greatest action hero of all time, and he's really not a true fighter, he's just, he's a fake, you know? Well, James like, was saying that actually Johnny Cage's lore, his backstory is that he comes from a family of true fighters. Right. And that's how he gets that super speed, like his yeah. like superpowers, like super speed, that, that he actually is a real fighter, he just happens to be, you know... Uh, a movie star too. I, we, I, I don't really care. I mean, I think. Look, I think you're right about okay. everything. No. I think now. I think the movie sucks. I can't wait to watch mm-hmm. it again and hate it. And then I'm also I'm eagerly going to go see the sequel in two years when it comes out. Yeah, and I'll complain about that too. <clears throat> can't for wait. Sure, you know. I, I can't like, wait for that to be my hype and for you to say, actually, <laughs> hold on, let me let me shit all over it and to tell you why you're wrong. You're like, yeah, everything I like is shitty. Don't like things, man. Don't like things. It's not good to like things. It just it just hurts you in the end to like things. I feel bad for James if he ever listens to this episode of the podcast. He's just going to fucking cry. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's fine if you want to like bad movies like this, but 
Well, I, it's I, fun. It was fun. We had a great time. Well, that's. I mean, that experience can be de- separate from it being a piece of shit. Like you can have yeah, fun. You're totally right. That's the thing. But that's kind of plays to my point. Like, if the movie was a true piece of shit, like a memorable piece of shit, I'd be like, that was really <laughs> fun. It was a fucking shithole of a movie. It was terrible, yeah. and it would be one of those movies that we would have as like the movie of the summer at summer camp, where we would just quote it and like play it at at night and stuff and like that's kind of what i you don't go into the more i didn't go into this expecting it to be like the shakespearean version of mortal Kombat or anything i went into it being like i hope this is bad in a way that's like really awesome and fun and it had glimmers of moments of that but the glue holding it together that wasn't enough this main plot is just uh, it's unfathomable it's like like it's like bad fan fiction like really bad fan fiction like i think I think a fan, uh, just a, a person who writes fan fiction for Mortal Kombat probably would write a better main story than what they did in this, you know? Especially if yeah, it was erotic yeah. fan fiction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just... Oh, she was a hot mom. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I, it's just like... Ugh. Whatever. I also like... I also think that like the female characters got the short shit into the stick in this movie because Melina was now cool. You, now, you, now you come around to talking about how you want Now you want to stand up for women's or... rights and stuff. Yeah. Melina was cool, but they just didn't use her for anything. She had no purpose. And then uh, Sonya was like, the whole movie, they're just telling Sonya, you suck. You don't have a mark. You go sit down. You know, <laughs> it was like real like sexist to me that they were like, and there's a lot of badass women in Mortal Kombat. Sonya Blade, you had Shiva. You know, Shiva will probably be in a future one. Um, yeah. Whatever. But it's uh, Melina. There's, Katana was not in this, I guess. Nope. Right? Yep. Not unless I missed something. I think she was in one of the pictures in Sonya Blade's bunker. Okay. Was she really? I think so. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong. They refer to I, people, I thought... some of these characters being killed at some point, and... Nightwolf was in the book in the beginning, like the ancient book of fighters or whatever. They had a like he was on the wall drawing. Oh, he was on the wall too. I, I, yeah, I'm sure the there's wall. probably a lot more of those uh, Easter eggs that I missed, but um, yeah, it was just kind of a mess of a movie and had no plot. And also, like the the villain, like so Sub Zero, they did a good job of making him a villain, and that's cool and all, but like Shang Tsung is supposed to be this like really important villain. And they, it was like, I, I'm not scared of Shang Tsung. Like he's not cool. Like, I think that was casting. I mean, the original Shang Tsung had that. He was fucking scary. Yeah. That actor is really good that played him in the original. Yeah. And it was always cool. Like you go to Goro and then you beat Goro, and then you have to fight Shang Tsung. Like, it was like, you, the scariest villain is not who you think it is. Yeah. Or at least that's how I remembered it. Yeah. You know, it was like, um, oh man, I fought the scariest guy ever. Now I got to fight somebody else. Who does Goro work for? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Shang Tsung, with the, the being able to change into all the characters, is just a cool thing, you know? And he doesn't really do that in this, I don't think, at all, right? No. He didn't no, change he into takes anybody. One right? soul. And that's it. Yeah. He takes, yeah, Kung Lao's soul, and that's it. Your soul is mine. <laughs> yeah. I did think Kung Lao was pretty badass, but <clears throat> I also, like, uh, I, the other thing is, like, uh, I was listening to this this guy, Lawrence Harmon, who does, like, pop culture stuff on Twitter, 
And he was kind of saying, like, he's like, man, they had, like, a chance to, like, do kind of a cinematic universe with this. Like, there's, like, the Kung Fu movie with uh, Liu Kang and Kung Lao, and then there's the Ninjas movie with Sub-Zero and Scorpion, yeah. and then you have your, like, uh, Special Forces movie with all everybody in it and stuff like that. And I guess they just wanted, like, everything. They just have to jam everything in one movie, so they're like okay, everybody's got to see all this stuff. I mean, they did leave out Johnny Cage and stuff to save something for later, but it's kind of a a shame. Like, I feel like they could have made a cool, like, actual period piece Sub-Zero movie and lead it up to the tournament in the end and then introduce the more modern characters in that or something, like... Yeah, it would have been a lot cooler to watch the... I mean, it would have been cool to see, okay, this is tournament number nine or tournament number ten, but, like, Mortal Kombat 2 is tournament number three. Yeah, yeah. Like, why did we have yeah. to just jump to this future? I don't know. It's just, like I said, it's like, with a movie like this, they're they're always expecting, like, well, we might just get make one of these and that's it. So we've got to jam everything in, you know? Um, yeah. I assume yeah. they'll make another one. I mean, I'm, I don't know how it's going to make money or whatever, but I don't know. Monetize why, like, what it'll do. But I know that, like, a lot of people probably watched it. Yeah, I know I'm a sure lot of people, a lot of watched, people it. watched it. But I wonder how many people there. have podcasts where they just shit all over it and completely pick it apart right in front of somebody that thought they enjoyed it. Just I just love seeing like much like Shang Tsung stealing Kung Lao's soul. <laughs> I just like just seeing that just seeing yeah, the you gr- did your it. green aura just like your arcanum is just gone. Like it's completely your gone. Arcanum. Arcanum, Arcanum. We we gotta talk about the Arcanum forever. Like, who cares like about that? Okay. Saying everybody gotta have a panic attack in order to find that <laughs> <laughs> It's true though. It's like my boy Matt was like, Man, Kano never got that mad in his life. He's never been that mad before. Cause he got mad. Well, he wasn't in the fight. He wasn't in the fighting pit. You know, okay. you gotta be in you that be pit. In the pit. Find all, all right. See, I didn't know the the, the rule. No, see, that's disconfirmed though, because old boy got his magic underwear out in the fucking garage. Yeah, he's working on his lawnmower. You just gotta know. Oh, you got something in you. You got somebody got to tell you. You got somebody something has in to you tell you about the arcanum. The what? I don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm vaccinated. So, bitch, I feel like the rest of the. Uh, Rest of this podcast is gonna be a letdown. There ain't uh, nothing much, we gonna much talk like about. Much like the Mortal Kombat movie, it's it's a fitting tribute to the this Mortal Kombat movie that the rest of this episode would be a letdown. So, yeah, son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, fuck me. Yeah, fuck you for liking things. What's your height? Egg rolls. All right. Okay. Now, let me tell you what's wrong with egg rolls. <laughs> <laughs> See, egg rolls aren't good enough or bad enough. I, yeah. <laughs> when you bite into an egg roll, you expect it to be warm, but it turns out it's hot, and then you can't. And then when you bite, and everything pulls out of it, and it's still scalding your yeah. lips and your Why tongue you at the be? same time. But then the fry on the outside is too, it, it scratches the roof of your mouth, and nobody wants to eat them egg rolls. What if what if they had, let me, let me pitch this to you. How about an egg roll without anything on the, no shell, just the insides of the egg roll? It just subverts expectations. You just eat the inside of the egg roll. It's like having a movie about Mortal Kombat without a tournament. In it, you know? <laughs> so the egg roll without the wrap. Oh God. What's your what your so your hype was Mortal Kombat, so okay. Fuck yeah, my hype was Mortal Kombat. What? Can we go back to the start and let me rewrite my answer? <laughs> what's your not the hype then? Rhode Island beaches? Oh, what's wrong with them? Let me tell you about Rhode Island beaches. Let, 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 for the me. listeners, 
We, I grew up on South Carolina beaches. Yeah. Joey's in Wilmington, North Carolina beaches, not too dissimilar to South Carolina beaches. I grew up on South beach. Carolina beaches, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, let's thing. talk about what a South Carolina beach is. South Carolina beach, you got some white, really soft sand dunes at the top of the beach for what, maybe 15 feet. And then you got a solid 45 feet of dark, hard packed sand, sand yeah. that is so deeply packed that you can ride a bike on it. Yeah. Yeah. You can run on it. Yep. You can walk on it. And there's no mm-hmm. shells cutting your feet or anything yep. like that. Let me tell you about these Rhode Island beaches. It's all soft sand until Ooh. the water. Mm-hmm. And it's all busted ass, cracked ass shells trying to get your feet all cut oh, up. Man, that's tough because you can't can you, really wear your flip flops in the sand like that because they just bog down. So you, you can't wear your flip flops in yeah. the soft sand, but you can't go barefoot either. It's an it's it's a hoodwink. Yeah. I'm telling you, you go out to the beach, you're like, I'm gonna go to the beach. I'm gonna have a good time at the beach. Be nice. You walk out on the fucking beach. What's this fucking shell doing in my foot? Yeah. Ow, I've got to go to the oh, doctor. Oh, I now. can't. I can't walk anywhere. I can't fucking walk anywhere because it's all it's sand going up to my goddamn knees. There's just blood in the sand everywhere. Just there's blood. I tell you what. There's also piss in the sand. I saw some pee in the sand. <laughs> you saw some pee. So I you saw were like, pee. so you saw you, you. Somebody had peed with it, it close enough time to you getting there that you know you it did not dry. You noticed that it was actual pee. It was a line of pee in the sand, man. Well, that's that has nothing to do with Let me tell you also Island. though. Let me tell you also, it's April. Okay. So there was about two other people at this fucking beach. Cuz it's goddamn 45 degrees outside and the breeze was going hard. Yeah. Well, here you can't even go to the beach right now. It's like it's so slam packed already that It sounds like everybody can go to the beach I right live, now. I, yeah, I live like 10 minutes from the beach and I never go to the beach cuz it's impossible to park here. So Well, I went to the beach just yesterday just to fucking just to see it yeah. you know what i'm saying it's like you know I, i've lived in the ocean state the uh, the yeah. ocean mm-hmm. state I, I ain't been to the beach in like five years yeah let me tell you why the fucking sand is awful hey, <laughs> go, terrible. i i mean I, I spent a lot of time on beaches as you know surf kayaking like it's a big deal but i kind of hate the beach like I yeah. like the idea of the beach and I like the ocean. Yeah. I like swimming in the ocean. It feels great. I love when like if you're going at sunset and the sun's going down, and you're swimming in the ocean, it feels really good. But the mm-hmm. whole process of like then you get out and you're all salty and then you're sandy and it's nasty mm-hmm. and it's just like and there's all these people around and like it, the beach mm-hmm. is just kind of a horrific concept in general. Yep. But Turns out the beach sucks. I got I confirmed that yesterday. You get sand on your car and shit and just Sand everywhere. Your butt crack. That's just not a good thing. Well, luckily, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't, uh, I, I, I really, honestly, I didn't really spend too much time there. I just went out there, walked around. I was like, wait a second. This sucks. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bounce. Forgot that this sucked. Five more years. You don't have to go back for five more years. No, five years. I'm like, Haley's no, comment on these yeah. Rhode Island beaches, you know. I should go to the beach. I can't remember why I stopped going to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's not the hype. Mm-hmm. Not the hype. So, what was your not the hype? <laughs> a little movie <laughs> called Mortal Kombat. Uh, now, my my other not the hype was that the Oscars are tonight, and um, oh really? Yeah, and uh, 
I what I, I I like to try to see most of the the best picture winners, and I I only saw about half of them this time, so that's kind of my not the hype. Was Mortal Kombat? That's going to be nominated next year. That would be it. Would, it would qualify for next year. Yeah, it would yeah, be okay, this good. year. But um, yeah. yeah, I didn't see like the um, Judas movie. Judas and the Black Messiah. I, I missed that on HBO, and now it's all these movies that were on HBO or on streaming services for a short period of time and are off are now twenty dollars to rent. And wow. so I was like, yeah, like every one that I haven't seen is twenty dollars to rent. And so I'm like, eh, I'm not gonna spend twenty. I, I understand they're getting their money right now because people want to see them before the Oscars or whatever. But um, still, it's like I'm, I'm gonna have to wait till it till the prices come down on this. So. Yeah, but I saw about half of them. I think, I don't know. So you can watch the Oscars. Well, I I I usually do, but I'm not super excited about it this year. Um, yeah. I guess because they're you know that movies kind of didn't exist to me last year, even though they obviously movies came out. But it just was like in my mind, it's like ne- last year didn't happen as far as movies go. But, yeah. <clears throat> um. I, yeah, I'll probably watch it. I usually do a ballot and stuff and. Right, you know, obviously. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's been about two years for me now, maybe three years, but I haven't been as tuned into the Oscars. We used to do ballots together. Yeah, we did. It was a big thing. We, <clears throat> we would, yeah, battle it out. I, w- I wouldn't even know this year. I went. I look, man. I went. I was thinking about going to the theater uh, yesterday, and I pulled up the movies again. I was like, nope. Yeah, nah. Is Mortal Kombat nah. in the theater now? Yeah, it's it in is? the theater. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with Bill. I'm gonna go with Bill, and then afterwards, here's what's gonna happen. Bill's not gonna listen to this episode because it's got spoilers, okay, right? Yeah. And then I'm gonna go to the theater with Bill, and I'm gonna say everything you said, and I'm gonna try <laughs> to pass it off as my own. And trust, yeah, he'll be impressed. Yeah, yeah. He'll be impressed. Um, I stay, I stay trying to impress Bill. Yeah, I, I would see. I, I, I should try harder. Um. Yeah, I, I just I I really enjoyed the best picture nominees last year and I I I felt like uh accomplished by having seen all of them. I didn't see Little Women. I saw all the rest of them though. And I didn't see uh-huh. Ford versus Ferrari at the time, but I saw it after the Oscars. Um but anyway, um you got anything else in that before we go on to consuming? Well, I got some hype still out. Uh, what's your hype still out? Mortal Kombat 2. <laughs> yeah, I'll have that be mine too. Hype still out. Yeah. Big question mark. Question mark. Um, it's not, I only got one thing in consuming because okay. somebody recommended a song to me last week, and um, I listened to the song and I thought it was good, and I started listening to the rest of the songs from the band, and I was like, "Man, this really reminds me of something else." And I had to text my buddy Dixon. Mm-hmm. And say, hey, what's the what's Dixon. the name of that band? And it, yeah, I know. Yeah. And uh, I described the band to him, and he immediately hit me with the name of the band. And I have not listened to just about anything else for the past. Really? Week. What's the band? Typhoon. Oh yeah, he was big. Like that was he rode hard for the. Isn't it spelled like not traditional? No, it's T. It's T Y P H O O N. Yeah, he he rode hard for that back in the day. He would always be trying to get us to listen to that and stuff. Yeah, dude, that is so much fun to go back and listen to that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check. The album I've been listening to the most is called White Lighter. Yeah, and uh, I mean it's like it's just straight up Portland, Oregon hipster, you know, band music. It's 
as they they got horn section, they got string section, they got about twenty five people in this fucking band. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they ever made any money, yeah. but um. It's good to listen to, man. It's real fun. I think you should go check out White Lighter again. You'll White Lighter. be taken aback. Yeah. Although maybe that was back in the day when we gave you recommendations, you really literally never listen to anything. Oh, yeah. So if it's new, that White Lighter's from 2013. They had another album, Hunger and Thirst, from 2010. They had some other releases, but those are the two albums I I, I listened to back in the day. And uh, it's been real, real good to go back and re-listen to that stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, D- Dixon. I hadn't talked to Dixon in forever, and he popped up on some some rant I was saying about somebody, and told me how wrong I was, and then it disappeared <laughs> again. So that that's a man that'll that's a man that'll go to bat. Oh yeah, he yeah. He d- and I appreciate it. I respect that about him. I like old Dixon. Yeah. 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 Um. He's so good. speaking of the Oscar Best Pictures, um, we watched this week. We watched the Trial of the Chicago Seven. Uh-huh. Which is on Netflix. It's an Aaron Sorkin joint um, about the uh, the riots at the Democratic convention in the '60s. Um, about Abby Hoffman and all the they tried to like they tried to the government tried put all these countercultural leaders on trial um, to try to like stomp out their their beliefs or whatever. Um, it's the Aaron Sorkin movie. It's really good. Um, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's a lot of like talking head, like monologue, like inspiring things happen and defiance and all this. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen is in it as Abby yep. Hoffman, and it, it's his. It, it's weird because his performance is fantastic, but his accent is terrible. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. so he's doing this like Chicago accent or something, and but you can still hear his like. English accent underneath it, but the, it's like my wife. Yeah, this Borat just sounds like Borat. Side note, side yeah. note. I, I can't believe I did this. I embarrassed the hell out of myself. I, I went and played disc golf on Wednesday, random doubles, yeah. and I was so excited to be back out there with all these people that I, you know, hadn't seen. You made a, a Borat joke, and everybody's like, Ew. "I made, I made a fucking Borat joke." <laughs> Don't do that, man. I said, "Wow, we wow, that was a good drive." Was <laughs> there just dead air? They were like, "What?" It was dead what air. It was dead air. They turned to me. I said, "I'm sorry. I panicked." <laughs> That's like a joke from The Office or something, you know? Like, yeah. it's like you're just out of date. Now, I'm not saying like making a joke from about The Office is out of date in the same way, but I'm saying it's something that would be on The Office as like a bit, you know, of like. There probably was a Borat bit on there at some point in time. Probably. But yeah, I I love Sasha Baron Cohen. I mean, Borat is kind of like was never my thing. I always liked Allergy a lot more. But um Yeah, but he's a fantastic like Bruno. Yeah, Bruno. I, I his his showtime thing where he punked all those conservative politicians was an amazing piece of art. Like yeah. just incredible. Like the shit he can do is he is a an, a fantastic actor. Um and He's he's nominated for for best supporting performance as Abby Hoffman, and when I first the the accent was throwing me off a bit, but then by the end of the movie I was like, you know what, like the spirit of his performance is what was fantastic, and it's kind of like interesting to see a performance that's not technically correct, but emotionally he like hit the right marks and stuff, and you like I, I left that movie thinking about his performance, 
And so yeah. it's worth watching. It's it's pretty cool. Well, it's all, it's, yeah, it's all I mean, I've seen drama. it. I've seen it suggested, and I've been like, well, I'm not really in the mood for like a political drama right now. I just lived through one. Yeah, it's got you your know? boy Eddie Redmayne in it. So yeah, I know. I saw Eddie. There you go. Yeah, he's in there. A lot of people are in there. Full of love. <laughs> Michael Keaton's in the movie. You love Michael Keaton. Um, I do love Michael Keaton. And the last night we watched Sound of Metal. The Sound of Metal. Oh man! Did you have you have you seen it? Boy, I watched that with Kyle and Cassie from the IOLTS Instagram. All right, group. there you go. I uh, I love Riz Ahmed. Like he's he does that pet, uh, Sweatshop Boys with uh yeah, that Sweatshop Boys suck though. You didn't like it? I love that album. Fuck, man. I'm as bored as hell, man. Oh man, I love that <clears throat> that Zayn Malik. That Zayn Malik song is really good. Um, I mean, that video I'll go hype, check it too. out again, but that I'm video pretty is sure hype. it was He shows up out of nowhere with his like entourage in the video. So good. Um, you need to watch that right after this. Uh, anyway, I like I love Rizamed's like music, and like, I've liked him into other things he's been in. He was in Rogue One, and, and you know, he's really... He's the a night good, of. He was in the night of. Yeah. That was a fucking killer performance. Yeah. He's just a good actor, and um, it, it, man, it, is, it got me emotional in some places my first girlfriend ever lost her hearing like overnight. <laughs> um, yeah. and that was a traumatic thing for me at like age, you know, 19 or whatever to like go through that and see her go through that. I like that, and, just, I like that you just outed yourself. Like, yeah. What's well, true. I didn't have my first girlfriend until I was like 19. Um, 19, 19, girls really are, girls are yucky. Um, <laughs> but she, she lost her hearing and it, like having being like, losing communication with somebody that way. I mean, it just, yeah. it totally destroyed our relationship. Um, when we were both really young and didn't know how to deal with it and everything, but it's like this traumatic thing and seeing him have that with his, his love interest in this movie is, uh, ooh, it brought back some, some, uh, emotions. And then on top of that, having DJed, you know, heavily the past seven years and knowing that I wasn't taking care of my hearing and often, waking up the next day after a gig and not being able to hear for a whole day. Um, and just thinking about the long-term damage that was causing just made me like freak out at one point in the movie. I was just like, Oh my God, like I could see this happening and like, it would be really shocking and really hard to like, how do you, how do you, when your whole way of communicating is taken away from you like that, how do you navigate the world? And then on top of that, having the whole, like the whole thing of like, he's, his his thing in life that is his savior is his music and then he loses that that's his like safety net you know in his yeah. life and it's like man it's it, it definitely a movie that if the performance if his performance wasn't good it would just be terrible and it was just fantastic because his like he's so believable in that role you know it really is he's so good yeah he is as good at acting as he is bad at rap. <laughs> I love his raps, man. I'm telling you, man, the Zayn Malik song, he's great in that. You know, I'm sure it's just me. You're just hating, man. I'm, uh, you know what it is? And it's my own. Look, I spent how much of my life trying to educate people against uh, their unchecked linguistic ideology and the truth of the matter is, we all fall victim to it. And I just can't take British rappers seriously. Yeah, I, I, I some of it doesn't work for me. I mean, but the funny thing is, you love the streets. 
I mean, yeah, but he wasn't really trying to like rap, rap, you know. Yeah, he was just making was music kind of and he was telling thing. stories yeah. and he, he was delivering those stories in the form of rap. But like, and I'm just, I mean, there's exceptions that prove the rule to everything. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But uh, if you got, you know, if you got a British accent, I know you probably don't have a gun. Yeah, <laughs> so you just they can't believe him. It's like, well, I mean, what are you gonna stick me up with that fucking pocket knife? I think it's the like the British rappers that try to like, um, that try to like m- mimic the style of American hip hop, and it just yeah. seems it seems not authentic or something, you know? Right, exactly. So and and in fact, I think uh, which you is know, probably Rez was unfair. Of not me. really. Well, Rez isn't really trying to mimic American rappers, but. I didn't really like the production of the album itself. Yeah. Like I didn't like a lot of the samples and the sounds and, and that hurts for me. Yeah, for sure. That's not, yeah, you you know, that just stuff. hurts for me. I will say that Heem's uh that Eat Pray Love album, his solo album is way better than that Sweatshop Boys. Uh, and I as far when it comes to Heem's, I feel like Cool A D was better. Like I like a lot of Cool A D solo stuff after Das Racist a lot yeah. more than Heem's is. Except but but then they had uh yeah, that third kid, Big Baby Gandhi. You remember Big Baby yeah, Gandhi? Yeah, yeah, Big Baby Gandhi. Yeah. I'm gonna go, go listen to Big Baby Gandhi yeah. today. Thank you for that. Yeah, he was good. They also had uh, what was that other guy? Oh, the white kid in the group. Doug Lacutus, Lacutus, Lacutus. Um, yeah, I, I was more of a Heems fan than a Cool AD fan, but. That's fine. Just, you know, whatever. Can't all be perfect. I mean, I like more combat. So. I every couple months I go through a Heems phase where I just listen to everything Heems has ever done. So. Yeah. All right. Well, you ready to get into this? Uh... Well, look, folks. I mean, I'm glad you're listening. I appreciate y'all's fandom of I only like the old stuff. You can email us at I only like the old stuff at gmail.com. But the truth of the matter is, if you're not watching the OC, get the fuck out. Welcome to the OC, bitch. R.I.P. Luke. Um, this is uh, the OC season two, episode two, the way we were. In this uh, episode, the main storyline is we're dealing with the fallout of the boys returning to town after being gone for the summer. The uh, boys are back in town. Um, and we have some stuff with Cal. Cal's about to get, you know, we're 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 brewing up indicted. this Cal getting indicted thing. Um, and then we've got, we've got Marissa and Summer have moved on with their lives, uh, with the boys gone. And now Ryan and Seth have to like work their way back into this, you know, hierarchy of school and all this stuff. And it's, uh, they, they've kind of made a a difficult route for themselves. I thought it was pretty, uh, I thought it was pretty fantastic that they the first day of school they show up in the back of a contractor's truck already the contractor yeah drives them to school in this beat up truck and you see that's just like the worst case scenario of like oh look these two weirdos are back and they're in a beat up truck you know yeah. um <clears throat> yeah and the whole the whole there's not much to recap other than like the whole thing is summer and summer and marissa have new love interests and the boys find out about this and various things happen and fallout happens. And we wind up back at the carnival at the end of the episode that we had such a nice episode last season with, uh, Ryan and Marissa's first kiss. And this, uh, the circumstances around this time at the carnival is very different. Um, 
and uh, you know, there's a side story of Ryan trying to figure out what he wants, what he wants to do with his life, and the um, the guidance counselor helping him out. Um, you know, I've I've got some notes on on some of these things. I'm Go for it. I, I think that's about all I'm going to recap because it, it was. There's really not that much going on in this episode. It's just kind of like discussions between the characters of how things are fucked up now and how can we fix yeah. it. So. Yeah, exactly. There's some there's some table setting and really the only the most major table setting is this like just kind of like appropriate but laughably inconsequential plot line of what is Ryan is Ryan gonna go to college and if so is he gonna be a architect. And I just I, yeah. I wrote down that um, Ryan's college story arc is a personal favorite. Because it is. It's a personal favorite of mine. It's like, he's like, oh, I didn't think I was going to go to college. I wouldn't ask Sandy Kish to pay for it. And then it's like, what do you want to do? And he has no fucking idea. But at the same time, he's he's drawing these blueprints in the fucking, yeah. in the in the blue book that he's supposed to be turning into the guidance counselor. And then he's talking to the fucking construction guy. Well, if you move the the room out 10 inches here, you can yeah. use that I-beam. And it's like, yeah, come on, dude. Like, you fuck. like, how do you not know? Like, this is what you... Yeah. And then I remember, I know that like later on, like he's like talking to Kirsten about her models, you mm-hmm. know? And, yeah. And I thought that was in season one where he's talking to her about the model home. He's like, oh, I'm into that. And he is interested. She did have a model home at the house. He is interested in, this is not the first time that we have talked about Ryan, um, that the show has addressed that Ryan might be interested in, in architecture. Because he does talk yeah. to Kirsten. When he first kind of meets Kirsten, he talks to her about what she does, and she explains it. And yeah. he's like, oh, I like this thing and this thing about building stuff. Give me a shot! Give me a shot! I do like the moment, though, that there's a moment where he, when it pays off in the episode, where she says, well, you want to be an architect, don't you? And he smiles, and it's like this moment that we don't really get from Ryan very much, where he actually is, like, excited about something, and he's like... Whoa, maybe I am into this. Like it just I just I think the architect like job yeah. is so laughable to me because like Costanza, George Costanza in Seinfeld tries to say he's an architect and it's just <laughs> architect is always like a plot device for yeah. like somebody like you know, nobody really knows what architects do. Well, it's like, not it's not a very job? polarizing job to have somebody want to do. It's like there's not much charging it one way or the other, politically or yeah. emotionally or anything. It's just Right. It's artsy, but it's not, it's not artsy. You know, it's like <clears throat> kind of touches on all these different things yeah. without, without committing yeah, to any of them. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like a dentist, but like for houses. Yeah. 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 You know, it's like not a, I mean, he's a doctor, but is he a doctor? You know, it's like architect. Well, yeah, kind of in construction, kind of art, yeah. but you need one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to run through some of these quotes. I'm not the only coward in the room. That was a nice little turn at the end of the opening where Ryan's trying to get advice to Seth. Just talk to her, just talk to her. Well, have you talked to Marissa? Well, no. Just You're just going to hate her and hope she hates you back? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the look on Ryan's face where he's like, oh, oh no. Yeah, he's right. Um, I thought the uh, when Summer and Seth and um, Marissa and Ryan all see each other at school. It's four oh my gods in a row. Yeah. Just four different line deliveries. Yeah. I did enjoy that. Um, I'm really in on millionaire alcoholic Jimmy on a boat, just being Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Just Jimmy Cooper turning into Jimmy Buffett, shirt open, mimosas at 10 a.m. Like, I feel like they just went to Tate Donovan and were like, hey, man, what do you want to do? 
what do you want to what do you want to do and they were just like he's just like hey man why don't i just grow a beard and jimmy will just be a yacht dude and like <laughs> just walk the earth man what a fool believe <laughs> <laughs> uh, i like the the spider-man 2 reference that yeah. seth has and he says we're not outcasts anymore we're cool yeah yeah um I don't know what to do about this yard guy situation. I, I think that moment where Marissa, uh, I, a, why did she need to be brought home by summer in the middle of the school day to get her car? Who brought her to school and why did she not just drive to school if she knew she needed to drive? Yeah, to to I don't know. That was just a plot. She's device. standing in the bathroom window or bathroom mirror. And we've got the sharp focus on her and the soft focus on DJ in the doorway in the back. And then we panned to the sharp focus on DJ. And I was like, this is truly days of our lives you know this yeah is it's very like hunky dude like but also like dj seems like he's like 40 years old it seems really age inappropriate that she's like hooking up with this dude and he also well, seems he seems predatory at times you know he's very protective in a way that's like Ew, this is gross uh, he's grooming the begonias he's grooming marissa that's right grooming that's his yeah. job in the show um <laughs> spiked latte uh, you know, we know that Marissa's got a drinking problem, but she's really got to put Bailey's in her fucking coffee. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, they're a little bit on the nose with that. Like, I don't know. I I forgot about new Seth, the Genta, the waspy version of Seth. I yeah, love well, it. I would call him new Luke, to be honest, because I mean, he is new Seth in that he is he is involved with summer but he's filling that role of luke of the the jock dude that's yeah, actually likable but he's not luke because he comes in and he goes toe to toe with seth about comic books yeah you know, he's got a heart of gold but he's like alternate reality luke you know i don't know he still fills that role though he's he's the water polo guy he's the the, the jock you know i did really like the way his pant cuffs fell on his skate shoes <laughs> yeah yeah that was satisfying yeah it was really satisfying. Yeah, yeah satisfying, big old satisfying. fat skate shoes. Yeah. Nice wide, wide chinos falling yeah. on the on the it's tongue cuff. there. Yeah. God, I was always trying to get that look. Mm -hmm. I never got it right. I was yeah. always trying. I'm still trying to get that look. Let's be honest. Yeah, me too. Uh, Jimmy proposing in a drunken stupor. Yeah. Um, you know, so the great Jimmy looks today. Um. I wrote, I wrote, and this is funny because I felt like at the end of Mortal Kombat, I was like, man, we ain't gonna have enough time. We ain't gonna have enough time for the tournament. Yeah. And then when they get to the fucking carnival, I'm like, fuck, this has been a long episode. We still gotta deal with this carnival? Yeah. What the fuck is gonna happen? We, got, we know we're gonna get shit tied up at this carnival, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, a really long episode. Um, oh my God. And then at the end of the episode, Ryan has one of the best deliveries of one of the most brutal lines of this entire show. And then Summer goes full on boundary establishing woke as fuck. And I just, you know, we don't get too much out of Ben McKenzie when it comes to acting. I've already said this. But when Marissa was like, we were never friends. We're not friends. He goes, so I guess that, what does he say? I haven't written that. He said, I guess that solves the problem. See ya. Yeah. Fucking brutal. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Brutal. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and then Summer had probably the best monologue of like oh, mm -hmm. maybe so far. She's had she had some really good scenes this this whole episode. Um 
her saying you don't you know you don't actually want me when i was in a wonder room costume you chose anna when i was said that you chose this you chose that you want the chase yeah oh it's such a great moment because this whole show we're led to believe that summer is the one that you know, it's it's like based on the like dynamics of a teen drama. She's the, yeah. the mean girl who's just been mean to Seth all the time, and she's so mean. But it's like, no, Seth, Seth, like stepped on her multiple times when she's the one he supposedly wants. It's like she, he he did he did choose Anna over her. He did do these things. You know, he did run away. Like she's she's in the right in that in that, and she's just like. She becomes like full on. It's like her like f- becoming the Phoenix moment. You know, she just like lights on fire and is like, "I am a member of this cast, and I am one of the most important characters, and you have to deal with this." You know, it's crazy. It's great. Um, her her it was good. Her talk with Ryan was very good too. So we don't get to see those two interact. Um, yeah, a lot, and it was it was really funny how awkward Ryan was in a very Ryan way when he shows up and he's like. Don't know what to say. Don't know. Comes in, sits down awkwardly. Like, but she takes control of the conversation, and they yeah, have- Ben sits on that. Ben McKenzie sits on that that cushion. It's like, bro, have you ever sat on a floor? Before? Yeah, you, I, I'm sure that like you're from Chino, you've sat on floors before. Yeah, he's like very odd or whatever. But I think he was like more overwhelmed that he's in some some girl's room. Um, he's looking around at all the purple. Yeah, yeah. That was a. I liked having that. I like it when the characters that don't interact get to interact in that way. They kind of have their own moment, yeah. you know. Um, I thought that was yeah. pretty good. Did you have some more quotes at all? That was it. Man. I have a. Uh, Seth said, "I'm not the one who got the cinematic embrace when we showed up at school <laughs> to Ryan because Marissa just hugs him." Uh, at one point, Ryan says, "I'm just gonna brood over here." Yeah, he said, I guess I'm just going to go back to quietly brooding. Yeah, there's a lot. This season already in these two episodes, there's a lot of the characters almost breaking the fourth wall saying, this is my role on the show and this is what I do. And we're going to not, you know, I'm going to bring it up here and, uh, you know, wink at the camera a little bit. And it's 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 not overdone. Thankfully, it could have yeah. been overdone. But like, um, what's her name? Melinda Clark's character. Julie, Julie, Julie has this moment where she kind of dresses down Sandy as to what Sandy is. And Sandy's like, she's like, yeah. no, you don't. You don't want to help Cal. You just want to be mad and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh, you've like, the characters are like defining what their like stereotypical roles are in this, this yeah. soap opera. Um, uh, oh, <laughs> so fakes are, uh, no, it's, what do they call him? What's the new guy? The new Fake Seth? Um, yeah, what's his name? What's the character's name? Zach. Zach Attack. Zach Attack. That's what they call him. Zach Attack. Zach yeah. Attack. Zach Attack says at the end of his like meet cute with uh with Seth, he says, I'll hit you with those green lantern JPEGs. Yeah. It's like uh well, that's what we were doing back then, is sending each other <laughs> green lantern JPEGs. Um I yeah, and I had the awkward Ryan and Summer talk. Um <clears throat> Oh, drunk cow. We, we that's a great moment. Drunk Cal. Yeah, do you have a stroke? Cal's been day drinking. He shows up and Sandy's helping him home, you know. And then there's this there's this showdown between Julie and 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 Sandy in this. Um, It's funny to see Cal. Cal had some humanizing moments in this because he's like kind of hanging out with the family because he's so depressed that he's about to go to jail. He said before before he gave me these eggs, I'd say that Sandy was the closest (laughs) thing to a friend that had in Newport. I hate it when people. Yeah, this show it happens a lot where a nice plate of food is sat down in front of somebody and they're like, Oh, I have to go. 
It's like I you could have walked away. You couldn't. You just didn't want to take a piece of toast with you or something like. I could put them lox eggs on the toast and walk yeah. out of the house, man. Just That's some good eggs. You, yeah. Um, I never walked away from an egg. Yeah, me either. I love eggs. Um, never in my life has said, I've lost my appetite. I've never I fucking lost my eggs. appetite. I went 250 yeah. pounds. Let's go. I have to leave. Uh, I have meetings. Um, there's also, Wait, oh, there's boy, also. Didn't you know you had that meeting like 20 minutes ago when Sandy was like, do you want some eggs? Yeah, yeah right. Like, nah, dude. You know what? I'll take a bagel. Thank you. Yeah. I got to go. Uh, make mine to go. Um, there's also, we, we, we didn't bring up this, uh, Sandy has this moment where he snaps at the end and he, he goes at the contractors, he's mad at them and he's, he's like mad at Kirsten and he's really mad at the situation that they're in because Cal has the, the situation with Cal has potential to really cause problems for their family as it spills over into that. And Sandy just has this moment where he's, it's uncharacteristically Sandy where he just is like mean and and kirsten says you scared me and it's true like you were not used to to sandy reacting that way but we kind of like yeah. understand we feel bad for him because he is under a lot of pressure with this stuff um mm-hmm. oh and we have uh what's her name it goes off to japan to be a famous fashion designer or something yeah Haley's Haley's getting written off the show well i guess she is because she wasn't in the first episode and then I guess maybe they just got her to do this scene and then she's gone. I can't remember her being in the show anymore, but I, I don't also don't remember her not being in the show. So yeah, I don't, I, mean, I don't know how that goes with her character, but that was very sure. Like it had this awkward, like Jimmy proposing and then she's just gone. There's no, that's that happens off camera. I guess but, she's halfway to Japan by now. Yeah. yeah I guess like she didn't tell Kirsten she was like leaving that day to go to Japan. So yeah. Yeah. Interesting episode. Very dark, though. Very sad episode. Like, a lot of bad, dark energy. Um, which is good, because we, we've got, you know, we need the drama to fill the... to have this arc going, you know? Like, they've got to find their place in, in life again, you know? that They found themselves fish out of water again. Somehow we reset that, you know? And, yeah. Yeah, and Ryan, I mean, Ryan is vicious to uh, Marissa... Ryan's vicious in, to Marissa in that final scene in a way that I don't think she really deserved for at this moment, but she has deserved in the past when he didn't act that way, you know? So it's almost like he's mad for the past things happening, but... I mean, I don't know, dude. She was like, yeah, I'm not dating anybody. And he says, you want to go out with me? She says, yes. And then he comes yeah. by the house later that night, and she's straight up making out with the 40-year-old dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd be, and she was like, "I wasn't wasn't supposed to be." Like, he's like, "Yeah," and when he found out about me, whatever. Yeah, it does. I, I mean, it, yeah, that's not exactly how it plays out, but it looks like that to Ryan. That's that's you know, that, that yeah. becomes reality of it for him. I do feel bad for Marissa because it's that that dude. It feels like that dude is really taking advantage of her. He's really manipulating her, and she finds herself in these situations where people manipulate her like that. You know? Yeah, and. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, but it was a good episode. Oh, uh, let me go over some music cues from this. Uh, Trouble Seek, Trouble Sleeping by the Perishers. It's that one that goes Uh, it's one of the ones from the second season soundtrack mix. Yeah, I don't think that I knew any of the songs here. Walnut Tree by Keen. Remember Keen? 
I was super. Yeah, I was I into mean, Keen, man. I love that first still album. Shoes. Still wearing those shoes. <laughs> you can still find them. Um, Walnut Tree by Keen, and then uh, another song that is really good. It's called "The Ends Not Near" by the New Year. The ends not near. It's here. Um, famously, that one gets covered by Band of Horses for the fourth season because uh, the fourth really? season soundtrack. Yeah, the, the the conceit of the fourth season soundtrack, or it might have been the third season. One of the later soundtrack mixes is all of the famous song or a lot of the famous songs from the OC being covered by other bands. And oh. so the Band of Horses, and it's a really good, uh, the, the Band of Horses cover is better than the original song, I think. Um, but it's it's one of the songs got, from that mix. Yeah, so. got Ben Bridwell's falsetto coming through. Oh, you can imagine. The end's not here. <laughs> it's near. Yeah. Um, yeah. The- That's how it sounds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there a house in my house? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, they cover a Mazzy Star song. Someone someone covers a Mazzy Star song on that album, and uh, "Wasted" by Black Flag is covered by Pinback on that. It's really good. Um, oh, that sounds. I mean, I was getting ready to make fun of it, but then you said Pinback, and I was like, all right. Uh, I love. I think I found Pinback through the show. Um. I thought you were about to say I found Pinback. I was I like, did. oh, yeah, it was you? They were, they were hiding. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Have you found God? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a Modest Mouse cover on that that that, that mix, too. Somebody does uh, Float On. It's like a real upbeat, happy, poppy version of Float On. Oh, great. I can't remember who, who it was, but it's, it's, I mean, it's fine. I like I pick my car into a that's been Bridwell singing it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Man, they sold out when they came out with that song. Um, cool. Well, you can it's find us at our song. shitty website, iolltos.com. You can email us, I only like their old stuff, at gmail.com. You can Don't find us on Spotify and, uh, you know, or or not. Whatever. Yeah, don't do that. Nobody's listening. I don't, I don't need any more emails. Yeah. I don't need you to know. You, I don't even know you listen. Need some. Man, some of y'all need to like try a little harder to get this number one fan because we really haven't had any good nominees lately. So I need you to step it up. You know. Yeah. Try to try to win yeah. our affection a little more. Yeah, be fans. Yeah, let's be fans. You, you're not being fans. Criticizing. If anybody's listening to this point, I'm criticizing you. Oh, what happened? Are you there? Oh, well, we out. We'll see you next time. Have a good night.